0: Breaking it down with Frank McKay. This is 103.9 L.I. News Radio. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking it Down. Frank McKay here. Much more importantly, welcome back to our weekly Lisk series. Lisk standing for the Long Island serial killing or killer or killers, as I believe. And we welcome everyone back. And we also encourage everyone to binge listen to everything that we've been doing here. And you know I'll start right in. The purpose of any of the shows around the country that are talking about the Gilgo Beach, Oak Beach serial killings is to basically shed light on a situation that's been ignored, that's been covered up, that's been kind of swept under the rug to the point where 10 years after and beyond over a decade after people are walking around thinking it was solved but it never has been solved what we've focused on here what i've focused on is the cover-up aspect because we don't know and i say it all the time we don't know who the killers are But we do know who covered them up and covered up the investigation. We don't know why. But if we keep talking about it and we keep poking holes in their shield, we will get somewhere. Now, let me let me just clarify one thing. If you don't know this by now, I I am pro law enforcement. 100%. It is not our cops. In Suffolk County, that have covered this up. It is our politicians who have covered it up. There, I, I can't think of any reasonable human being who would applaud or encourage or participate in the covering up of 10 to 16 lives, at least. I actually think it's still going on, to be honest with you. And I think whatever it is that's going on. They are, they're taking people in the sex trade and uh, they're dropping them off boats into the ocean at this point, but they're not going to allow us to find anything the way we found the 10 to 16 victims that we know of at this point. Anyway, the, the police want this solved. It's the politicians and the DA's officers. That do not want it solved, and again, who if you're just joining us, if you're just joining us, it was Steve Malone and his handpicked police chief, Jimmy Burke, who cleared out any hope of having the FBI from the fresh start that they they had prior to Bouone taking office. They cleared the FBI out. So I I don't I I assume so anything that could have been found is uh, is is gone or tainted or whatever. Uh secondly, they got rid of the the police that were working with the top cops that were working with the FBI without debriefing them, which is, you know, apparent and when we talk about certain things, it, there's conjecture, and I, you know, I make suggestions, whatever, but there's certain things that, that are facts, and it's you know, some things that you can't dispute, and we did a whole show on indisputable facts, and uh, Jerry Hart herself, the lead agent for the FBI at the time, told Erin Moriarty from 48 Hours, two-time Emmy Award winner, for her great work with cbs on the Lisk aspect and the scandal surrounding Lisk, jerry hart told aaron moriarty that the fbi was asked to leave by a police chief who by the way was appointed solely by steve balone the county executive jimmy bird anyway that being said the reason we are concentrating on this. Uh, the main reason that we're concentrating on this is to flush out some of the politicians, and there are two in particular that are active, and they both participated in in uh, you know I believe covering this up, and uh, also in not doing anything to get this thing done, and you know, of course one is Steve Ballone, and then his hand-picked DA, Tim Sinney. Who, by the way, last week, I mean, I, I've never seen anything like it, and we've been talking about it on other shows, but I, I can't believe he did this, but the Thomas Valva situation, and and, and again, I, you, you know, you, you need to you know give this proper respect. The eight-year-old boy who died of hypothermia not long ago, who was about to come on a trial. It should be absolutely sacred and not used for political aspects. But Tim Sinney used Thomas Valver, not only his name, but the scenario in a fundraising letter, right? A fundraising letter for him to get. I, it, I, I, I've never seen anything like it, but I mention it just because we are talking about here with the serial killing the investigation or the lack of investigation that came after it, some of the filthiest, dirtiest politics that you've ever seen. By the way, I've been involved in politics for 25 years or more here in Suffolk County. And, you know, I've seen it. I've been with candidates that have done terrible, unbelievable things. No question about it. No halo on anyone's head. I've never seen that. I've never seen anyone, nevertheless a DA, bring up the death of an eight-year-old child and basically say, if you don't give me money, I might not be able to do my job. You know, we'll see. I I don't know if there's penalties that he's going to have to deal with, but, you know, we send these shows out to thousands and thousands and thousands of people. If you're hearing it on LI News Radio... Uh, I, it, it, that's, it, it's one thing, but if you're getting emails from different people and texts from different people, including myself, I, you, you have an opportunity to respond back. I have gotten hundreds and hundreds of responses back on it, and the only people that defend Tim Sinney, well, it, just in the very beginning of it, were saying that there's no way he did it, that this is a fake, that... You know, the opposite people, you know, the people in opposition to him sent it. But no, he he did it. He's not denying that he did it. Tim Sinney, the DA, sent out a fundraising letter using Thomas Valva, the eight-year-old boy who died and who's about to be the subject of a very emotional trial. He used his name to get money for his DA raise. It's unbelievable. I bring this up only to point out how filthy this situation is. And last week, we spoke about the Spota Thomas Spota, former DA, who, by the way, uh, said publicly and said to me that he would, uh, he would like to see Tim Sinney like to see him he said to me and others at a uh, at a fundraiser, by the way uh, for Tim Sinney when he was running for legislator he 'd like to see Tim Sinney replace him one day i 'm sure he meant way down the line uh, he also Tim Sinney has accepted money from Tom Spoda, even after everything went down. He accepted money for his campaign and has kept uh, a, a tremendous influence from Jimmy Burke and Tom Spoda in his office so it's basically the same batch of folks working at the da's office it's just a different head a younger version of that da having said that the sentencing and what it has to do with lisk is more or less roundabout i i think some would argue that it's absolutely direct but it's in a roundabout way explains to us why or how a serial killing could be covered up because the sentencing that occurred last week, which was both for DA former DA Tom Spoda, five-year sentence, and Chris McPartland, his chief aide, trusted aide for him, for Spoda, and uh, before him, Jim Catterson, five years for him as well. But what it showed, and what they got in trouble for, was covering up, and and I'm minimizing here, you know, what they did, uh, uh, you know, basically threatened and coerced and pushed people, mostly cops, by the way. I mean, they destroyed the lives of of officers, of of law officers, and, you know, those listening out there, you know, understand and, and appreciate the pressure that the politicians put on the uh, the police. It's just it's it's completely unfair, and we saw this come to light in the trial. I'm going to have a guest on that was a key witness right after this, right after I'm done talking, a key witness in the the Burke case, which never went to trial because Jimmy Burke, Steve hand handpicked police chief copta plea and did forty six months in federal prison for the the beating of a handcuffed prisoner, Christopher Loeb, and subsequently Spoda and McPartland were sentenced, as I said last week, for the cover up that happened. So my point here with regards to Lisk is The cover-up is real. Is absolutely, obviously, the murders are real, but the cover-up is is undeniable. What happened? You could dispute who's to blame and how many different people are to blame, but how do we get to a point where there's a serial killing? And I'll repeat, a serial killing, and our top politicians steve Balone appoints jimmy burke who had the most unbelievable unbelievable dirty track record Internal affairs reports and everything letters came to steve Balone. he put jimmy burke in as police chief and immediately cleared out the fbi cleared out the former police chiefs, without debriefing them. Well, I should say the former police commissioner, Richard Dormer, and the late Richard Dormer, and Dominic Varone, who was the the chief detective, the head of the, de- the detectives, dealing with the Lisk investigation, working with the FBI. They cleared all of these people out, really without explanation. So how does a cover-up Happen, look at the trial of Spoda and McPartland, and you'll see what they did to cover up and cover the tracks of Jimmy Burke, who beat a handcuffed prisoner, Christopher Loeb, and the lengths they went to cover that up so if anyone out there is thinking that nobody would cover up a serial killing it it's it's here, come on, I mean. Don't be ridiculous. There's not a reasonable person out there, not a reasonable person out there, who thinks there's not a cover-up. And you know what's good proof of that? Is no one has ever said to me, no one has ever said to me, there's no cover-up. And I started asking questions, not online or not publicly or not on radio or TV, But I started asking questions about the serial killing, and I've talked about this before, but it's worth underlining, especially in light of the sentencing, from what we saw last week and what we saw in that trial, which was an unbelievable trial, you want to see justice at its uh, most, uh, I don't know, complicated, I don't know, uh, most interesting, intriguing That Spota trial and McPartland trial was absolutely fascinating. And the Jimmy Burke trial that never happened, that never happened, would have been can't miss TV, can't miss radio, can't miss newspapers. It would have been things in there, there would have been things in there that you would just be blown away watching in a movie but he copped the plea and much to the joy of steve ballone because god knows what would have come and tim sinney too uh, steve ballone and tim sinney had the opportunity to get rid of jimmy Burke at any time and i'll give you a little trivia question here when did they fire jimmy Burke? the county executive who appointed him, Steve Ballone. When did he fire Jimmy Burke? The answer is never. Even after knowing what he did to Christopher Loeb, knowing what went on, he never fired Jimmy Burke. Steve Ballone never fired Jimmy Burke. I know I say this all the time, but it's unbelievable that this happened. This is a guy who's talking about running for governor, and he never fired his original appointee, his biggest, most recognizable appointee, the police chief. And Tim Sinney was his boss for 15 months as deputy county executive in charge of public safety. And from what we hear, and I think what you'll hear In a three-part interview I have with a key law enforcement officer, you'll hear how close, how close the situation was with Jimmy Burke, Tim Sinney, and why there is no way that uh, Jimmy Burke was going to get disciplined from either Tim Sinney, our current TA, who's up for re-election, by the way, current DA, who just used Thomas Valva, the eight-year-old boy who perished in the most horrendous situation imaginable, for a fundraising letter. Tim Sinney did that. A fundraising ask on the body of a dead child. It's unbelievable what he has done. You know, I, I wish they were as bold with Jimmy Burke and if they would have been and that's Steve Ballone and Tim Sinney if they would have been we might not have seen everything that uh, that has occurred since now certainly we would see the uh, Spota and the McPartland thing but maybe we wouldn't have seen a belt being held up as the first bit of evidence of a killer in 10 years, a belt, right, a belt, ridiculous belt. Maybe if they would have gotten rid of him, we could have gotten to the bottom of what happened, but they didn't, and the question that comes down is our original question. We started the series with, and it's why. Why is the question on all of these things? Why did not? Why didn't Steve Ballone get rid of Jimmy Burke? Why didn't he do it? Two thoughts, and I've said it a lot. Two thoughts. He's either in league with him completely. Same with Tim Sinney. They were either in league completely or they were afraid of Jimmy Burke. And why would they be afraid of Jimmy Burke? I'm not afraid of Jimmy Burke. Jimmy Burke didn't have anything on me. Jimmy Burke had things on a lot of people. Did he have things on, I'm saying things like, did he have key information on these two politicians, Steve Ballone and Tim Sinney, That would have destroyed their careers forever and wouldn't be talking about governor and this one wouldn't be talking about running for DA, which he's completely proven he's not worthy to be. Why didn't they go after Jimmy Burke? And I'll I'll make a prediction. I think somewhere along the line, before election, for the purpose of getting elected, this man who just used an eight-year-old boy's death in a fundraising asked for re-election for DA, he will come up with somebody that he arrests on the Lisk murders, on the Long Island serial killing murders. And it'll be right before election. So even if things go wrong, he'll get another four years, he hopes. But I'll also make another prediction. It will be somebody that has nothing to do with Steve Ballone and nothing to do with Jimmy Burke. And that would be just unbelievable because if that person existed, they would have arrested them a long time ago. Tom Spota would have arrested them and put a big shining star on his chest. So whoever is going to get arrested, if they're going to go down that route, And I can't believe that they won't because re-election is the only thing that these guys care about, their political careers. And when I say they, I mean Steve Ballone and Tim Sinney. These two guys will figure out somebody to arrest. That might turn out to be the most, probably turn out to be the most ridiculous thing we've ever seen, but we won't know until after the election. Stay tuned for part one. Of a very intriguing interview, someone in law enforcement, someone who, combat veteran, someone who admittedly made mistakes, but has uh, has served this country well, served the county well, and remember this, it was police, it was policemen, law enforcement people who took down Tom Spoda, Jimmy Burke, and Chris McPartland. Right, before anyone's out there blaming the cops, it was the cops who took him down. It wasn't the politicians, by any means, who took him down. And I should say the federal prosecutors, too, took him down. They did a wonderful job. Frank McKay signing off for now, but we'll be back with part one of a very intriguing interview series. And hopefully, we will be getting to the bottom of Lisk. We'll be back right after this. More from our Lisk series.